Uh, today is extremely special for one more reason and, I did, and this is an invitation. I want to invite all of y'all after the service to a very special party. You guys want to know about this party? You don't have to go far. You don't have to, you don't have to make plans. You don't have to change your plans. You just need to give an extra 10 minutes after the service because we are going to do something very special. If you look on the screen, that is the scene. Behind this screen, there is a door. Behind that door is what we call the loading bay. And at the loading bay right now, there is a baptismal pool. Because today, after our service, we are going to be baptizing our dear sister Phyllis who is right here Phyllis why don't you raise your hand Wait, why don't you ri ri rise yeah we are so so joyful that we got uh, 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 to pull together this baptism before Chinese New Year to, to bless Phyllis in this way and so today Phyllis is going to enter the waters of baptism you know she's going to make a public declaration that she belongs to Jesus and I'm so so glad for it and so after today's service there's going to be two things. One is, we all go out, okay? We all go out, fill that whole area, okay? And then Phyllis will be baptised. And then after that, we come back in and there'll be makan, okay? And we all makan and celebrate life together, okay? If you don't, if you didn't come with lunch plans, stay and we can makan together, alright? Alright, cool? good? Let me pray. Let me pray. Father, truly Lord God, you're a God of new life, you're a God of newness, and you're a God of a blessing just around the corner. And so Father, we just pray uh, um, into this blessing uh, that you are bringing to us. We want to have the faith to believe that you're a God who is bringing new things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. See how it springs up, says the Lord. So church, let us just put our faith and our hopes in the Lord. God for bringing a new thing into our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, it's a festive season. Actually, the whole way from Christmas until after Chinese New Year is just very festive because you've got Christmas, you've got New Year, you start new things and then you Chinese New Year and then boom, right? Then the year starts properly there. But I really want to share with you guys a word today called So Things, right? We are in the, we are in the season of New Year new things and today I'll talk about the sowing that we do in our midst but before I plunge into that I really just want to give everyone a recap of the Christmas uh, event that we had. How many of you guys were here for Christmas? Just raise your hands and give me a little wave right and I know some of you weren't here for Christmas and I know that since Christmas Day with the exception of today I think over the last two weekends we've had friends uh, who met us over Christmas and have been coming and we're connecting with them, we are inviting them to our Chinese New Year open house, right? And so we, well, our hope and our efforts are that in the days and months uh, to come, that more people who encountered us through Christmas will will encounter us here and 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 really the real encounter is that they can encounter God right here. So. I'm just going to run through a few. Just really want to encourage you guys. You guys remember this? Yeah? Yeah, we had our Christmas, you know, and we filled up uh, that, the, the, the whole of the upstairs. So for those of y'all who weren't here, this is a, a snapshot, right, of the time we had. I wish we had more photos. Uh, there's never enough photos to show, right? And I just grabbed the ones I could. Um, we had our, our bazaars. We had popcorn and like booths to sell things, nasi lemak and beef stew. Uh, um, 
and, and food trucks, right? That was a lot of fun. We always makan a lot, right? And we just filled the place up with happy faces, with games, and with, with, uh, with just fun times, right? And, and you can see uh, um, the whole place was filled and the tables were filled, you know, and, and th this is one of my favourite parts, right? Where the children uh, got to play games and the Jenny was uh, uh, preparing the games uh, so well and, uh, and we had Art Corner, you know, where uh, Sarah was working on it, Thalia was working on it, but the happy faces of the children, you know, who are not our children here yet, right? And it just makes me so happy uh, to see to see this. So really, thanks to everyone. Uh, 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 actually, th thanks to thanks to those who, who who did the bazaars. Thanks to the bazaars, Melissa and everyone who did the bazaars. Um, to everyone who ran a booth, you know, uh, Chunpo and Stephen and uh, staffs on the picture there, Ruben and Uncle Sam are there on the pictures there. But so many more behind the scenes, right? Um, really want to honor oh our Santa Claus, our Santa Claus, right? And, and our two special guests, musician, performers, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, Zenfu, you know, who was like so hot, you know, <laughs> um, uh, uh, and, and, and our, our very own <laughs> rhinestone cowboy, right? Uh, I, I think we all had a really, really good time, you know. Um, and our choir, our choir, I, I, I really want to honour Gazel uh, for leading the choir and for training everyone. I think she, she serves so faithfully, so dutifully. How many of you were in the choir? Can you just give me a wave? Or, or just stretch your hands out, right? Uh, some of you are in the choir. Edward, who was in the choir today, he's on stage. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, part of the worship team already, you know. And such nice uh, photos to see everyone serving. And, and what we don't know is the gifts that we gave out. You know, we gave out so many gifts. Uh, um, there's, a, there's an air fryer there. There's a multi-cooker there, you know, and all the gifts could only be given out because pe because good, honest people, f f uh, um, uh, uh, faithful servants like Kawai up there in the picture, you know, and that's you, right? Yes. Oh my gosh! Now it's all clicking. I made the slide. I did. It didn't even click, right? Um, registering uh, our visitors and even our railer uh, 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 sister got a voucher, right, as a prize, you know. Um, so many volunteers. I don't have time and enough photos to show everyone but I just really want to say thank you to SIBKL at Sungai Buloh all of you guys church thank you to the whole church family for the blessing that you gave to the people here in, in, in the Sarah Central it has been such uh, to me when I think back to it you know is any event ever perfectly run if you run events you will know no you will know no right but you know um, is God able to meet people through our events? Yes. You know, is God able to work in us a family and a serving that is that, that's far greater than just serving, than just doing things, right? Uh, yes, He absolutely can. And that's what I want to share with you guys about today. God takes the serving of faithful ministers doing each their little part and as they sow as they serve they sow they sow not just into a local church they sow into a much bigger much more enduring picture that uh, it's like a, it's like you are all sowing into a panorama that is so big that many of us we will not even see the fulfillment of it in our lifetime 
but you are sowing into something grand and big and beautiful and I want to encourage you today. So as I share with you about serving today, I want us to all be on the same page. I am not sharing about serving as a recruitment drive. Okay? Okay? So this is not... If out of it, some of you who are not yet serving find in you a desire to contribute, then God be praised. But I did not set this up. And as I prayed and as I prepared today, I made it very clear between me and God. I'm not doing this as a recruitment drive. It's much too small a vision to share about serving and just as a purpose of, you know, at, at the end, let's get more people to serve the church. Yeah, you know, that's too small a vision, right? I want to lift your vision up of serving to a much higher grander vision for what it is. And so, with that, I want to share with you the first of two points. The first one is this. I don't want to shock you, but if you're shocked, I'm sorry. Don't serve the church. Serve God. Don't serve church. Serve God. Don't serve church. Okay? What's this about? Let me show you that if you were to go through your New Testament, okay, and you look at all the first verse, chapter 1, verse 1s. You will go just scan through Romans chapter 1, verse 1, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 1. Um, uh, 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 go eat potato chips, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> go eat potato. Philippians, Colossians, right? Uh, chapter 1, verse 1. You will see a pattern. You will either see Paul or whoever is writing saying, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, or Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. About if you total up all of them, not just the Paul ones, you will see about half of them, they will say, a servant of Christ Jesus. Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Titus 1, verse 1 is the same. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Philemon 1, verse 1. Paul, a prisoner. Wow, next level. Not just servant. Next, prisoner. This servant, all, in all mentions of this servant, it, the word is doulos, right? Doulos means kind of like the lowest level slave. I'll look at it later. But this word prisoner, this prisoner is like the next level. It's like I imprison myself voluntarily to God so that I am in God's chains and God can use me however He wants. It's like that. But it's not just Paul, right? Because James, in James 1 verse 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says here in 2 Peter, Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And it goes on in Jude chapter 1, verse 1, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. Overwhelmingly, you see that the writers of the New Testament letters, the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists, the missionaries, all of them whom if you think about it in modern day terms, they really almost sound like celebrity pastors. They almost sound like uh, 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 um, really well-known personalities and wherever they go, the churches fawn at their feet. But they define themselves from the immediate, from 1 verse 1. They laid out very clearly, I am a servant of God. And when they say, I am a servant of God, this word doulos, okay, I'm going to show you this word, do loss. It means a slave. 
It means one who gives himself up to another's will. So you voluntarily surrender your rights and you put yourself into the hands of another. And this another in this case is God. And this third shade of the, of the, of the definition is, I think, the one that hits me the hardest. It says, devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. That's one layer of the meaning of doulos. And so when Paul and Peter and uh, Jude and James, when all of these uh, 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 workers in the kingdom of God go around and when they introduce themselves as, I am a servant of God, the thinking behind it is that I don't belong to myself. I belong to God for the work of God's kingdom, for God's purposes. And I think of myself like a bondservant. There's a New King James calls it bondservant. That's where we get the term. Now, church, we may not have that kind of framework for thinking these days because slavery no longer exists in the traditional sense that we understand it in, but at least not in the communities that we live in. And so because of that, we don't really understand what it means to, put, to be put in the hands of someone so that they can use you however they like and you surrender your rights and you devote yourself to another almost, you can say, at the expense of your own desires, your own hopes, your own dreams, your own wants, your own plans, your own organisation. You're saying, I give up, I relinquish all these things and I give it unto God and I put myself in chains before God so that God can use me. But when these guys called themselves a doulos, that's how they thought. Now church, should we think in this way? Yes, we should. Is there a way to contextualize it to our modern uh, uh, economies, to our modern culture, to our modern ordering of society? Yes, there is. And over time, we want to help you to contextualize what being a doulos in the modern day church can look like. And you'll find, over time, it might be surprisingly enduring and it might, it might be a, 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 a remarkably similar thing to the ones that these guys were talking about. Now, I want to talk about this. We don't have to serve. I want to get this straight. We don't have to serve. We get to serve. In this church, serving is not something that you, feel, you should feel forced to do. Because, remember, this first point is under the umbrella point I'm sharing with you is we, uh, we don't, don't serve church, right? Serve God, not church. When you serve... Let, 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 let me phrase it differently, church. If you serve church, you're giving to church. And whatever you give to, you expect from. You serve church, Good. And then church will serve you back, right? Pastor will commit to feeding you, commit to growing you, commit to uh, 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 stewarding your time well, okay? Looking after you and, and maybe uh, uh, we will commit to making sure that your serving roster is not too full and that you've got a healthy mix of rest and work and, and contribution and all that. Yes, 
You can serve church, but guess what? At some point, it is possible, in fact, very likely, that you end up out giving church. And yes, you give, and you give, and you give, and you're giving to the church, you're giving to the pastor, you're giving to your ministry leaders, you're effectively giving to someone who is imperfect, who will steward to the best they know how to, and yet, at some point, fail you. And so, if you give to church, you'll reach a point where you start outgiving church. And when you start outgiving church, it's not a formula, but very likely at some point, you'll start thinking that, what's church giving back to me? And an entitlement spirit arises. Because guess what? How would you not think that I've already given SIBKL at Sungai Bulo so much? The least they could do is honour me. The least they could do is be sensitive to me. The least they could do is give me this preference. The least they could do is this. After all, have I not given SIBKL so much? All my hours I gave to SIBKL. All my this I gave to SIBKL. All my that I gave to SIBKL. I gave it to Pastor Fergus. I helped him so much. And the more you give, the more it, is, it becomes likely that you will outgive all that a pastor and a ministry leader and a church can collectively give back to you. Serve God, not church. Because when you serve God, He will never shortchange you. He will never give you, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. Give to God, He gives back to you. He gives back to you more than you can ever dream of, more than you can ever fathom. He has already given you eternal riches, more than you can ever dream of. And so when you serve, have it in your mind that this serving is for God. So that if pastor like or don't like, if church appreciate or don't appreciate, whether the, the, uh, an appreciation meal, uh, uh, um, uh, lunch at the end of the year comes or doesn't come, or whether somebody forgot uh, 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 to invite you or not, you know, these things happen, okay? Or whether whatever happens, maybe someone offended you, you know, in the course of serving or not, whatever happens to the weather, at this level, if your gift really ultimately, you're, when you give it at a point of giving, you say, I'm giving my serving to God. God is the recipient so that whether people uh, uh, receive it here or not, if they receive it, it's a bonus. If they don't receive it, okay, lah, never mind, I still give it to God anyway, so God receives it. Now, if that's the posture of all our hearts, and I've got to do that too, okay? Because I'm a pastor, you may think that Fergus is the one receiving. So very nice, well, get to receive everybody's labour and serving and contribution, you know. But guess what? I also have to give. And when I give, if I'm giving to y'all, and then some, one day nobody, no, nobody likes sermon, everybody walk out, everybody this, everybody how am I going to feel? I'm going to feel bitter and angry. I'm like, oh, this church, uh, uh, not this church, right? But like hypothetical church that walks out on me, right? And I'll be like, oh, walk out on me. Uh, you know, like, uh, and then, and then uh, oh, not thankful. I uh, don't like the feeling. Uh, no, 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 no. And guess what? I'm going to become a shriveled vision of, of the man that I could otherwise have been. And that's because my giving was to church, not to God. And so I too, like all of you, we are all together in this, have to keep reminding ourselves that our posture of our heart is that when we come and do this, and we come and do all of this, that we are giving it to the ultimate recipient 
is our God. And when we are giving it to God, we get to serve. It's a privilege. He is the Most High God. He created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. He created all of these things. He sits like a king on a throne, as a king on a throne. Not just a king, but the king of kings. And we get to lie on Him. What, we, we get to serve Him. We get to lift Him up. We get to attend to the Most High King. You get access, my friends. You and I, we get access to the Most High Power in all the known universe. Is that not a privilege? Or do you drag your feet to show up? If you drag your feet, if you are in a season where you are dragging your feet, whether it's cell group, whether it's serving here in our Sunday service or whatever else, if you're dragging your feet in a season of that, I don't want to. I I I don't want to come down hard on any of that. If you're going through something and it's a season where you're just finding it hard to feel motivated, speak to your leader. Take maybe some time out. Refresh yourself in the Lord and rem and allow the Lord to remind you again of the joy of your salvation and the one to whom you serve right the one whom you serve because when you are serving the most high God it is always a privilege it is always a high honor and we don't have to serve we get to serve we get to serve and so my friends um, I want to tell you a story I'll tell you a story. I've got this little note down here that says, tell them the story of two naked men in a pool. Right? And um, you must be thinking, oh my goodness, my pastor is telling a story entitled Two Naked Men in a Pool. I want you to imagine yourself as a Roman man. Okay? A man in the Roman, in the Roman Empire during, during the first century AD. And you're going to a Roman bath, okay? And the Roman baths, you go there, there are these huge pools. Uh, I, I don't know if they're heated. <laughs> Anybody here knows whether Roman baths were heated? I don't think so, right? It takes quite a lot to heat those pools, right? Um, but you're going to a Roman bath, okay? And, and you go into the pool, and then next thing you know is that there are two other men in the pool with you. And if you're in a Roman bath, those two men, two naked men in the pool, right? Okay? Two of them, and because their, shirt, their, their shirts are off, they are in a pool, you notice that both their bodies are badly scarred. Both their bodies have taken a huge beating. There are scar marks, cut marks, bruise marks, uh, 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 badly stitched up parts. Some parts are, are swollen. Some parts are, are, are maybe like I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to get too graphic with this, but you can you, you get the picture. Two other men in a pool with you, and their bodies are all bruised. The first man, you ask him, "Hey, tell me about tell me about all these things. There must be a story behind it." And he says that, "Oh, I'm a general in Caesar's army. I serve Caesar Augustus." the Son of God. And these are the marks that I've given in the course of battle. This one was inflicted by Visigoths. And this one was inflicted by Gauls. And this one here, and that one there. And he starts going through all of his war, war, what do you call, what do you call them? 
his, 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 his injuries, right? And he starts going through all his marks of war and telling you the story about this one was from this, this battle, that was from that battle. And in the course of that, they shed much blood. They extended the kingdom of the Roman army. And because of all these marks, all over his body, his body is like a testament to the power of Caesar Augustus, his son of God. And he says, I'm so proud. When you look at my body, when you look at my naked body, this is a testament, it's a letter to praise Caesar Augustus, his son of God. And he says, because of this, the kingdom of Rome is extending and growing. Wow. You dip yourself in the water, you come back up again, and you look at the other guy. You look at the other guy and say that his body is pretty badly bruised too. He's not quite as buff. He's not quite as fit looking um, as the general. But he looks like he's seen some bad days in his life. And you ask him, how about you? What, what, what happened to you? Are, 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 you in the, are you in the army as well? And he says this to you. He says, I'm Paul, a servant of God. As servants, we commend ourselves in every way. Fictionalizing this, yeah? Okay. As servants, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings. And he starts pointing to the different cuts and bruises and scars on his body. Beatings, imprisonments, this one's from riots, that one's from labors, this is from sleepless nights, from hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit. Suddenly he's saying all these things about his bruised body that has nothing to do with his bruised body and suddenly he's differentiating himself from the general next to him. By the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. And you look over at the general. He carried very different weapons in his right hand and on his left. Through honour and dishonour, through slander, through praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true. As unknown and yet well-known, as dying and yet, behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. And you look at these two men in the pool and you think, how different. And this Paul goes on to tell you, because of all these marks, the kingdom of my God, the kingdom of the Son of God, not Caesar Augustus, but Christ Jesus, His kingdom is extending. And His kingdom is reaching different places. Because of these marks, some people are coming out of darkness into marvellous light. And the Roman general would probably be thinking, because of my marks, people come out of darkness into marvellous light too. They come out of the darkness of the barbarian kingdoms into the marvellous light of Caesar, into the marvellous light of Rome. And Paul says, 
I to lead people out of darkness into marvelous light, out of the darkness of the kingdoms of this world. Goths, Visigoths, barbarian tribes, Rome, Greek, Persian, all the same before God. They all come out. They all come into a different kind of kingdom. The kingdom of the God who is not just in this world but also out of it. The kingdom of a God who created all of the world that we know it. The kingdom of the God who desires not just kingdom expansion but expansion into the lives, into the hearts to bring light, not just, not just modernity, not just aqueducts and, uh, and whatever kind of uh, uh, technologies that Rome had but to bring salvation, to bring forgiveness, to bring uh, um, uh, restoration from shame and, and, and making people whole again to bring families together Chinese New Year, to bring families together, to bring reconciliation between torn apart people. This is the God and the marks on the body of Paul is a letter, a love letter to the extension of the kingdom of this God, this Son of God, Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul means when he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. And so as we serve, as we serve God, sometimes outside of church, and it's entirely valid, sometimes within the walls of church, and that too is valid, as we go about serving God in whatever capacities we do, Remember that you are serving and sowing into something that is eternal, something that is big, something that is grand and bigger than anything you can imagine. And I want to lift up your vision for serving. Serving in church, a recruitment drive for ministry, is way too small a vision. I want you to see the panoramic vision that God has. And on that note, I want to take you to the next point. When you serve God, don't just serve the church. Serve God. Serve God and sow into church history. God is doing something in the course of the generations, in the course of the millennium, after millennia, after millennia, He is doing something into the thousands of years. Doing something that is remarkable, that's more than we can imagine. And you know what, church? For 12 years, I thought church history... My mic. Okay, for 12 years, myself and a couple of other guys, and then we slowly grew the team uh, um, around the 8th, 9th, 10th year, you know. Uh, for 12 years, I taught church history in SIBKL, right? And ever since we've come out uh, to, to here to Sungai Buloh to plant this church, I've always wanted to run a church history class uh, together with Jackson. Jackson is also one of our teachers, you know, um, to run a church history class to show you uh, um, the, that panorama, you know, of God's work from the book of of Acts onwards, and it so happens this year we're studying the book of Acts, okay? Now, I am whetting your appetite without uh, uh, the confidence that I actually have space in the calendar to run a church history uh, 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 series, but I do commit to this, to share with you from this pulpit, from this platform, the stories of the church through the generations, and to, even with whatever little I have, to be faithful to it and to help you to see the panorama of God's hand over all of human history. That is His church history. There are some great glorious parts. There are some really sordid, embarrassing parts. There are shameful parts. There are parts that will make you so inspired. There are, part, there are parts that will make you run for the hills, right? But 
in all of this, God's hand constantly there. And I want you to see this. I, I, I spent some time as I was preparing for this sermon to think about this. What did serving in the local church look like in the early days of the church? Because, you know, uh, a church was probably very different then, right? And so I, I've, I've given you, and this is not 2 Corinthians 6, this is Acts chapter, Acts chapter 4. Right, three or four, four. Right, and and I it was late. I forgot to change the that, that thing. But this is just a representative, okay? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to and the prayers. So they are doing a, v- a variety of things here, okay? And we and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So you're seeing a, a, a sweeping uh, a look at some of the things happening. And this is just from one passage, okay? Signs and wonders being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and all and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. As any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So church was not just like church building, go temple. They went to temple, okay? They did things there. They gathered in homes. They did things there, okay? They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, just from this slide alone, if I ask you, what does the early church, Punya church service, look like? You're starting to get a picture. And there are more, okay? There are more examples of descriptions of the early church um, in the other parts of the New Testament. But if I may summarize it, it looks a little bit like this. Three different categories of what the early church, Punya church service, would have looked like. There is the church service part. When I say church service in inverted commas, it's the part like now lah. Okay, so they gather to pray. They, there's, there's ministry to each other, so they pray generally. They pray uh, and minister to each other. They definitely read scriptures. So when they come together, they read, they, they, they read the Old Testament scriptures. They may read the letters of the apostles that were writ- written to the churches. Then there is teaching and preaching. So you'll have leaders of the gatherings like Apollos and, and the rest of the, the uh, Paul, Peter and all these guys. You know, they will be teaching to their local uh, gatherings. They will sing hymns and psalms. Okay, so I don't know how we sing psalms. I think we'll find a way to sing psalms one day. You know, if we don't do it in this life, we'll do it into eternity. But they sing hymns and psalms. Okay. <laughs> Uh, our, our worship ministry leader is shaking his head um, and, <laughs> and they prophesy And when they prophesy, they prophesy with interpretation This is a snapshot of what the early church Punya's gatherings on Sunday would look like But not just that They also prepare food Hey, actually we also prepare food, right? We've got food just around the corner here, right? Okay, They prepare food and food was actually a really big deal for the early church. Okay, In fact, when you come to church, one of the main people who serve in their local church will, are there to prepare the atmosphere and to prepare the logistics for food. So there will be people who are bringing food, there will be people who are laying out food, there are people who are serving and bringing food out, you know. Um, and then at the highest point of their gathering, is not the preaching and teaching. The highest point of their gathering is not 
the worship set with the key change and the light and the smoke machine and all that. It's not that, okay? The highest point is not even the prayer or the prophesying where some crazy word goes out and everybody falls on their feet, okay? Falls on their knees, right? The highest point of the church service is communion. It's what they call Eucharist. It's a time when they gather around the supper or, if it may, the meal, right? That represents the last supper Jesus had. And when they break bread together, they are not just breaking bread together with each other, they are doing so within the presence of the resurrected Jesus. And when they break bread together, it is a symbol of and a reminder of how when God God's own body was broken. It was broken to unite all these disparate groups of people who in normal terms would never have become friends with each other. And because in that room, you have people of high status and low status, but in the church, every valley was being lifted up and every mountain was being brought low so that they all had a seat at the table. And in that place, you have people of natural birth, you have people who are foreigners, you have you, 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 you people with ketuanan and people who are pendatang, and they were all there, and they all had a seat at the table. And they all ate together. And when they say, this is my body broken for you, remember me through this meal. Everyone remembers that Jesus Christ unites them. And that is communion with God. And when they say this cup is the new covenant, the new promise in my blood, when you drink it, remember me and my sacrifice for you. Together, that cup unites all of them so that at one, in one stroke, they are united with God and with each other through the breaking of bread. And we underestimate the power of eating together. We underestimate the power of reminding ourselves of Jesus when we eat together. So that at the table, table is a picture of reconciliation, table is a picture of unity, table is a picture of access to each other. At the table, Jesus is present and His body is united in Him. And then, they don't just stop there. When they gather, they collect the offerings and they distribute monies and food to the poor. This happens every week for the early church. Now I want to ask you, how similar is our church to this? Yeah? Yes? Yes? Quite a lot overlap. Now to be, to be sure, Church has become more modern a little bit <laughs> ever since the first century. Church has church serving and church service has become more complex, just a little bit, okay? So that today we have someone sitting at the back controlling these lights, okay? Because if they are too bright, <laughs> I melt. If they are too dim, uh, online the picture macam like macam very 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 you know very very pale and very lousy, right? So today. In a modern-day church like ours, there are areas of contributing like the worship team who are up here today, right? You notice today we have no, no one on cajon. Or for that matter, we haven't bought a drum set yet, right? It's because we, traded, we, we are replacing our old drum set and we're getting electric drums because the acoustics, I think it will work better, right? We're getting, we're getting a drum set, but we don't have enough. We have one drummer, and whenever our one drummer is not on, you know, we, we, we don't have a drummer. We have a cajon, but not everyone is on every week. 
we have a sound team. Our sound team is manned by two plus two very faithful brothers, right? And so our sound team is all the way at the back. I tell you what's the best thing about the sound guys, okay? Um, uh, without sound, Nobody can hear. Online cannot hear anything, right? So I really want to honour the sound team. And traditionally, whenever anything goes wrong in church, everybody turns back to look at sound team one. Very poor thing one, okay? But in this church, we won't do that, right? If anything goes wrong, you all keep looking at me, okay? Keep looking at me because our sound guys will always be working at their, at their best to make the sound right. And actually, I think all four of them are in the hall right now, yeah. Okay. Um, and so we have the sound guys. We have the broadcast team. And post-pandemic, broadcast becomes all the more important. But the broadcast team are the, are the guys who make sure this TV um, has the slides, these two screens have the slides, the reverse TV has a slide. Online, now, our friends who are viewing this online in that camera there, the camera's working and they can see everything, you know. Our broadcast team uh, uh, makes sure that there is picture going out to everyone. And then we've got icebreakers, and today Sue Ann played icebreakers with us, and I was just taking it in and having so much fun, you know, um, with all the Chinese greetings. I think I only remember Nian Nian Yu Yi, right? I, I <laughs> but with icebreakers, why? Because we believe that at the start of a service, we just really want to, 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 to warm up the atmosphere and get everyone's gears going, you know. Um, we have people who serve online, online to, to admit people into Zoom and to post things onto the chat and to make sure the atmosphere online is fine. No, no, no strange people going there to heckle everyone, you know, that, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, wow, I never knew people had to do that. Yes, someone's doing that. Every week, one of the first in is the prayer team. They come in and they are in the learning room next to us, the next door room, right? And they are praying already. They set up an online prayer group and then there are some people praying off-site as well. And we're praying and they're supporting so they are the ones who are least seen but propping the whole thing up in the power of their prayer. And I really want to honour that. We have people who are the first line of greeters at the front, the Connect team. And they are the ones who make sure that actually not everybody is sitting in one side and the other side is empty, you know. But they are the ones filling up all the seats, greeting you. You know, in COVID days, they were the ones who are getting your Masajatra and all those things, right? Hey, thankless job, right? Thankless. Why should I? I don't want to sign in for, you know. Um, poor, poor guys, right? Sometimes they have to, they, 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 they get all kinds of, all kind, but if you're, if you're serving church, that might not be very rewarding, huh? Yeah, and the team, right? But if you're serving God, if you're serving God and you're doing it for God as your recipient, it's always rewarding. We have the Connect team. We have parents who mind the children and across this year, we're going to start to introduce more things pertaining to ministering formally to the children. But all our mums and all our dads are all hands on deck running the service. So if you have a heart to minister to children, come and talk to us, right? Especially for children, we want to, we want to talk to you and get to know you uh, um, ahead of time. We have people ministering in food, bringing food, and today Jenny and David brought food, you know, and I, um, who else brought food today? Um, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Sister Sherry brought food, right? And, uh, and, and we want to encourage all of you all to go and enjoy the food later. And then we've got all the rest of you who, who, who do the bits that gathered in homes and broke bread in homes. That's all of you all. Leading in cells, cell leaders, core leaders in cell. These, these are the many ways in which you can sow into something God is doing. Now, I just want to remind you, I did not do this for the sake of a recruitment drive. 
But I do know some of you come and ask me, I want to contribute, I don't know where I can contribute. This gives you a very small picture. I wanted to put a box and make this very small because I wanted to say this is the smallest slide you know, in my whole deck. Simply because as an idea, serving in church is the smallest expression. But it's a good place to start. If you have never served or if you have not served in a long time, it is a good place to start. But I don't want to belabor this point. I want to show you this. I play my part in the local church. My local church plays its part in the global church, national church, global church. SIBKL at Sungai Bulo plays its part in the larger picture of the global church right now in the world. It today, spread out all around KL on a Sunday morning, there will be hundreds of churches gathered just as we are. In fact, right this moment at 11.10, there will be pastors preaching just as I'm preaching with you right now. Right across the whole world, in the next 24 hours, thousands, tens of thousands of sermons will be preached. That hundreds of thousands of Christians will be getting up, going to church, contributing to the extension of God's work in the lives of new people walking into church and in the lives of other fellow believers. All that is happening. And we, Sungai Bulo, SIBKL, play our part in the global church. And the global church of 2023 plays its part in church history. We play our part in the grand narrative that God is doing from the beginning until the very end. And we find ourselves stuck somewhere in the middle of that timeline. But God is working. So church, I want you to know this. Do you know your place in human history? Do you know your place in the global move of God right now? Do you know your place in this small fellowship of believers in SIBKL at Sungai Bulo? Because if you don't, I want you to pray. I want to pray together with you to know your place here. Because when you know your place here, you know what is the part you play in what's happening in the world today, in the world of Christendom today, in the advancing of God's kingdom today. And when you know that role that you play, you can see where you fit into all of human history because you are no longer just a spectator in history. You are a contributor and you become a fellow history maker. Very small, almost insignificant in your human eyes, but God says you are so important. Because if I tell you you're not important and millions feel unimportant, this thing does not happen. But God says, no, you are important. Every single one of you. Not coming into church to be a Christian consumer, though there are moments of consuming, but coming into church to become a contributor to become someone who sows into what God is doing, not just to take. Now, I know in your own life, you really dislike it when people come through you and just take and take and take and then they leave. They take whatever they want from you and they leave. And they don't give back. We don't like people like that in our lives. And maybe over Chinese New Year, you might have to face some of them as well, right? God bless you, right? Be gentle, be loving. You'll hear that in my Chinese New Year sermon on the pre-record. But in the same way, do we give that to God? Do we come to God and just take and take and take? God, I want a raise. Pray for raise. Take. 
God, I want a, a family, you know, pray, got wife, got kids, got husband, and everything, take. God, I want a this, a that. I want a new house. I want a new car. I want to do this. And you just keep taking and you take and you take. And God is there singing you two songs. And you give yourself away. And you give and you give with or without you. Right? And, and do you think God enjoys a relationship where He's just giving and you're just taking and you don't love Him? You don't care? You don't give back? Of course not. He desires after a true relationship. He desires after intimacy with you. And part of the intimacy is your contribution back. So in the same way, when you talk to someone and they turn to you after taking from you and they say, how about you? What's going on in your life? How has it been going for you? I, I saw recently on Instagram that you travel. How was it? Was it good? Was it, it must have been enjoyable. And they allow you the space to start sharing about your life. And now they're sowing into you. And it's enriching. And it's beautiful. Because now it's a real genuine exchange. And so, we play our part in the local church. There are days and moments where we receive, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everything good with that. And then there are days and moments where we give back and we sow back. And that becomes the role of every single one who wants to grow in church. That's why sowing and growing go together. And so my church and my friends, I want to bring you to this last passage of scripture. Hebrews 11 tells This is, no, it's just a mute button. It's just a mute button. It's uh, very easily engaged. Hebrews 11 tells the panoramic story of God's so-called heroes of faith. If you go and read the actual stories, you realize that, that there are many ways not so heroic, right? But Hebrews 11 tells the story of Abraham, of Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. It tells the story of Moses and Joshua's army. It tells the story of Rahab. And then it reaches this point where it's almost kind of reaching a crescendo where the writer of Hebrews, the letter, is kind of saying like, gosh, do I have to tell you more? Like he starts, he's gone telling all these stories about all these people. If you're not familiar with church history or with Bible history, these are people who trusted God. In their own broken, uh, 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 fallible ways, they trusted God. And they made mistakes and they trusted God. And they fell and they got up again and they kept trusting God. And in whatever way they knew how to, they took the broken pieces of their lives and they brought it to God and they said, God, still use me. And God used broken people like Moses. God used broken people like Abraham. God used a broken woman like Rahab. And God kept on using them. And the author of the letter of Hebrews says, gosh, do I literally need to go on? And he says, okay, I'll go on. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Wow. This alone, I've got more slides, right? He, he goes on. But this alone is like, what a list of things. You mean servant of God is do all these things or not? And some of you are thinking, maybe it's time I resign. I don't want to end up having to do all these things, right? 
And then it goes on. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats. By the way, an explanation for this, they covered them in skins of sheep and goat and the smell of all these animals, they released them to the lions, to the bears, to the dogs. Okay? And then they allow the, these predators to just tear into them because they, they, they literally cover them in this hide and release them so that they get attacked. They, were, uh, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Next slide. Nope. No more. So sorry. I must have... I must have uh, must have failed to failed to do this. Can I have my Bible? Can I have my Bible? Yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Now, as you are looking at this, I want you to just spend a moment and just think about this. The, this is a picture of the people, not just of one era. Sometimes you look at this, you think, oh, this must be Paul's time, Emperor Nero, you know. Um, sorry, yes. Uh, Zelos got it He's given it to me Of whom the world So the last one is They went about in skins of sheep and goats Destitute, afflicted, mistreated Of whom the world was not worthy Meaning to say that Look, the world was not worthy of this kind of sacrifice huh? Wandering about in deserts and mountains And in dens and caves of the earth And all these Though commended through their faith And I highlight the next line did not receive what was promised. Now, I want you to hear this. I'm sorry it's not on the screen. It says it's all these people from Abraham right through Rahab and through all of these people, including the thousands of unnamed men and women sawn in two, thrown to dogs, all these people, they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, us meaning us and them, all of us, that apart from us, the ones who are alive, they, the ones who have died, should not be made perfect. And what that means is this. All of those guys whom we saw on that list there, they have died. They've served the Lord in their own way. Some of them served God through death. Some of them served God through living to the point of death. And all of them gave and gave, not to the church, Though the church is an intermediary recipient of it, they gave to their God. And as they gave to their God, they are looking, if, you, if they were looking for some recompense, if they were looking for a payoff, Hebrews 11 ends by saying they did not see what they were giving for. They gave and they never saw and have not seen the reward of their giving yet because God has a different plan. And what is God's plan? God's plan is that apart from us, they should not step into that perfection. In other words, our giving and our giving to the end of our lives earns us a place to stand in their ranks. So you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Joseph, Moses, and all of them standing from antiquity until the time of Jesus. And right through the time of Jesus, you've got the early apostolic fathers. And right through the apostolic fathers, you have Luther, Calvin, Ulrich Zwingli. You have all these stalwarts of the Reformation era. And moving on from that, you've got the great missionaries of the 18th century and the 19th century. And then you've got the early uh, missionaries who planted churches all throughout the world. Not all of them were evil colonialists. And we have in Malaysia, in SIB, we have missionaries who ended up in Sarawak who planted the church called BEM, the Borneo Evangelical Mission. And it's not just Hudson Sahwell, Frank Davidson and Kerry Tolley. There are many others, Asang uh, uh, um, in Sabah, many others, right, uh, um, who continued to serve the Lord and then the locals the locals took it on, right, and started building church as well. And you've got people like Agong Bangau and and Ibu, all the Ibu Ibu and the Bapak Bapaks of our church, you know. Until today, they are all standing, waiting to be perfected, waiting to claim the reward, and waiting for who? For us to join them in queue. So that when you and I serve the Lord to the best, we know how to, and then we go, we join them in the queue. And we can see all of us standing behind that line, waiting to step over into that perfection. And guess what? They have not seen the full panorama of human history and the reward of it. They have not received yet. We will not receive yet until the last generation of the last generation all complete the work and the serving of the Lord and His servants, His born servants complete that journey. And then once the line is complete and God says, I see all of you throughout church history, all of you servants of the Lord complete now. Step into the perfection I have for you and collectively with Abraham Isaac Jacob and all of the and, and Martin Luther and all of us one step remember every valley made high every mountain brought low no celebrities there all followers of Yahweh step forward to claim our prize amen that's what this means but this is accessed through a life of servitude to God I want to see every one of you there Amen I don't want to see a single one of you missing from that line I want to see every one of you there I expect to be there I hope I'm there I hope you're there and that we can all step in together Let's pray Father indeed you're a God of you're a God of all of human history. You're a God of, 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 of a great sweep of work happening throughout large spans of time. And yet, Lord, you bring us to a place today where we can think about our own engagement with serving you, serving you in the church, serving you sometimes not in church. And I want to acknowledge for some of you just a moment to acknowledge something. Some of you have served in church before, but you've been burnt by that experience. Some of you have experienced hurt in church. Some of you have 
made promises to yourself, I'm never going to do this ever again. Maybe you were in an abusive arrangement in church. Maybe you were in an exploitative arrangement in church. Maybe your pastors and your leaders from the former place did not know better. And they made some bad mistakes. Maybe they did know better. And it is to their discredit. I don't know what background you come from. And I stand here vulnerable and frightened because like them, I'm afraid that I will make the same mistakes with you again. And in so doing, push you further from God. And that's the last thing I want for you. I want to draw you closer to God. And I humbly stand here and ask you, if there is anyone among you here, you find it hard to serve the Lord because of past experiences. We'd like to pray for you. Now, if you feel like you want to receive prayer, we can do this in two ways. I want to invite you to step out. If you find it hard to serve in church, for any other ways, maybe work is just too pressing. You desire it, but work is just too crazy right now. You don't see a way in. Or maybe there are family commitments on Sunday mornings or, or, or Sunday lunchtimes that makes it hard for you to give more than just showing up and leaving. For whatever reason, you, you want to pray together for a breakthrough so that you can start to serve and contribute in whatever way you sense God leading you to. I want to invite you to come to the front. Our prayer team will be here. Our leaders will be here to pray alongside you. I want to invite everyone to rise to your feet. Let us all rise to our feet. If you would like prayer for this, I want to invite you to come to the front, right? Come to the front. Someone will be here to pray with you, okay? If you like to pray, yes, yes, thank you so much, yeah. If you, anyone of you here, you want to be, receive prayer, you want to contribute, but you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid that it's going to take up too much of your time. Maybe you're afraid it's going to upend all your plans for this year and it's going to take up a lot of you and you don't know if you are prepared to do it. We want to pray together with you and hear your story and see what God wants to say to you. If that is you, just come to the front. We want to pray together with you. In the meantime, worship team's going to lead us to a song. We don't spectate. We all contribute to the atmosphere. So worship along. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this day and for this occasion. May you be here, Lord God, and inhabit the praise of your people. Father God, may you work in us, Lord God, a joy in our serving you, Lord God. And Father, we pray for, the, for, for, for this Chinese New Year season that we can serve you in ways that we did not expect, to be attentive to the needs of those around us and to bring joy wherever we go to Pinean, Lord God. So Father, we thank you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His countenance to face you and give you shalom. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Let's give God praise.